Hello, friend Carm Capriato, Town Hall Academy, episode 153. We've got an awesome audio workshop on pricing the parts you buy from OE sources. Looking to improve your net profit? Hmm, good. A must listen for 2020. To me, one of the worst things we do is even use that terminology oh, that was a dealer part. You're trying to blame the dealer for the for the expensive repair. But Bill, like you say, once you say that to the customer, you're almost begging them to price shop you. Welcome automotive aftermarketers to a Remarkable Results Radio Town Hall Academy. Listen to learn just one thing from today's episode on your journey to remarkable results. Hello, friend Carm Caprietto, the Automotive Aftermarket Podcast Guy with your weekly Town Hall Academy, a summit for the forever aftermarket student. Hey, the Town Hall Academy, proud to partner with Shopware. Hey, give your customers and staff the end-to-end digital experience that they deserve. It's likely time to upgrade your management system to Shopware. Get more profit in less time. Hey, find out how, get a free live demonstration and a review of shop owners' testimonials at shop-ware.com. Hey, you know that my love of audio and my passion to change the lives of others is what drives every podcast we produce as we deepen the connection with our audience to help them make a difference in their business and their life. Hey, please be sure that you subscribe to all three podcasts inside your listening app. We recently split our three premier podcasts into their own feed. And if you felt like that your Remarkable Results radio stream was a bit light in episodes, well, you're right. You need to search for Town Hall Academy and subscribe, and then search for For the Record podcast and subscribe, and you'll be back in the loop. Now, thanks for this. You don't want to miss the chance to be enlightened. Hey, we're talking about one of the biggest issues right now that we've got in our industry, and that is pricing parts purchased from the OEs. With me is Bill Haas from Haas Performance Consulting and Rick White from 180Biz, both industry trainers, coaches, and consultants. We've got some great talking points, and they're available at remarkableresults.biz slash A153. That's the show notes page. Hey, this workshop was a perfect blend of in-your-face advice and a very powerful discussion on your value proposition. I recommend you listen intently, you buy in, you make change, you be the business person you are, earn more, and get over your fear when you apply the necessary margin on OE parts. We're here going to talk about pricing parts purchased from the OEs. And I don't think we can talk enough about that because I know as coaches, I'm sure that that's one of the areas that you look at probably pretty uh, soon on in your relationship with a new client as you're looking, you know, to find margin gaps. And I bet you you find bushels full, like, you know, fresh tomatoes in August. And so we're here to talk about, uh, you know, this, the whole pricing uh, uh, from the OEs. Bill Haas, Haas Performance Consulting, and Rick White from 180Biz. Um, guys, why? Oh, why do we need to talk about this? Because a lot of people are stuck. They just get stuck on this. They just can't get beyond the concept that they're really just buying parts. I, I, Bill, I think it goes a little deeper. I think it's they're afraid. Oh, yes. 
right? It's not really being stuck. I think it's they're they're afraid that they're not there's some unwritten rule in our industry that we're supposed to be cheaper than the dealer. Yes. That is that the, the mystique is, right? People come to me because I do work for less than what they'll get charged at the dealer. So so here's the dealer experience. If you want to treat people like the dealer, have a really nice facility, treat them like crap, never call them and take forever with their car and you'll be able to duplicate the dealership experience. I got to tell you, my wife's car was brought into the shop December 5th for a transmission problem. What's today? January 3rd. It's not done yet. And they're the experts. They're the experts. And only way, the only way I get information is if I start chasing the, the advisors to find out what the status is on my car. Wow. And that's for a transmission. So, you know, we can make a lot of excuses for why the transmission is complicated. There's a lot of parts. Okay. So since we're going to tell wife stories, I'll tell one on my wife. My wife's car under warranty goes back to the dealer. The battery has to be replaced under warranty. They don't have it in stock. We have to order the battery for my wife's car that's under warranty. We'll order the battery and call you when it's in. What do you think? Uh, due to the strike, we don't have the parts yet. Yeah, but this car wasn't built by that company. Oh, okay. So I can't use, they can't use the strike excuse. Two weeks. After a week, I called to see if the battery that they ordered was in. It took somebody like almost 15 minutes to find out if the battery had come in or not. <laughs> the battery was there. Nobody ever called us. Nobody ever said anything. So now that we know the battery's there, the car goes back, the battery gets replaced under warranty. But but why didn't anybody give us better service? Why didn't somebody call? Why didn't? Because they're so busy, they don't care. Boy, that's not the dealership I've been in. They're not that busy. Okay, guys, thank you so much for your personal nightmare. <laughs> but, but, Carm, I think this is important because you're right. this whole fear thing, we've got to overcome the fear before we can talk about pricing. You're right. My point, here's where I was going. We're, we're really talking to ourselves that we're the dealer alternative, and it's almost like that, that could be one of the strongest marketing uh, you know, uh, strategies that we could have because – the dealer is not all that is cracked up to be, and and you know you go back to your the experience I'm, I'm, is horrible. It, it yes. is it is it is horrible. So because of what they do as a competitor to our bays and our living, why are we afraid to buy that part from the dealer, and afraid to put it through our normal price matrix? Because I think what happens is people aren't aware that once they touch that dealer part, they're adding more value to it. And because they're adding more value to it, they should feel comfortable pricing it normally. They don't have a value proposition inside the place, right, Bill? No. Well, they're not starting with the end in mind, right? The end, the end goal is how much money does this business need to make? How much money do I need to make to pay all my bills and have money left over at the end so I can pay my taxes, pay down debt, reinvest in the business. That's what we call net profit, right? But they're not even thinking about that. They're so focused on competing on price that they completely lose sight of how much money do I need to make and what are my profit strategies 
to get me there. So they're focused on the wrong thing. They're focused on, oh, the dealer might sell it for less money or a different price, or they have this suggested list price. And one of the things that that people really don't understand is that the consumer cannot go in and buy the part like we buy the part, that by the time they buy the part as part of a service, it's gone from the parts department to the service department. And guess what the service department does? They mark it up. Because if you look at a dealer and you look at the structure of a dealer, each department has to have its own profit. There's a profit structure in the parts department. There's a profit structure in sales. There's a profit structure in service. So the service department, when they buy that part from the parts department within the dealership and now install it on a car, it is going out the door as part of a repair or maintenance service that's a completely different price than the price you'll see in the parts department. Right, two prices. Over the counter is one price through the service department, 50 to 60% more in some dealerships. And if you're gonna compare yourself to the dealer, make sure you're comparing yourself to service, not over the counter. Correct. Right, if you're afraid, if you're afraid, that's where we go. That's, That's huge. I guess maybe the semantics of calling them dealer parts, guys, is that something that we could try to get over? Well, that's a terrible thing in the first place, just to make that reference. And and you hear shops do it all the time. They'll say, I have to buy the part from the dealer. Right. Well, that's just like opening the door to say, I'm buying the part from the dealer. Why don't you go buy the part from the dealer? And my suggestion is quit calling them dealer parts. Find them something else to call them that you're comfortable with that says, look, all the parts we use meet or exceed the manufacturer's specification. I don't have to talk about it's an aftermarket part, it's a dealer part. To me, one of the worst things we do is even use that terminology, oh, that was a dealer part. I mean, we have it in coaching calls when when we're looking at parts profit and they're missing our, our parts profit goals. One of the first things they'll say, one of the first excuses they make is, oh, I had to buy dealer parts this week. I, a lot of parts came from the dealer this week. What does it matter? But we got to understand why we're doing it. Why are, why are we doing it? Why are shops doing this? It's because they're afraid. Again, it's a lot of money. The, the repair is a lot of money. And instead of selling the value of the repair, and, and listen, don't get upset when someone says, holy crap, that's a lot of money. Today it is. Just agree with the customer. You're absolutely right. And boy, am I glad you're here with us today because we're gonna take great care of you, you're gonna get a great warranty, and, and then sell the value, flip it to value as quickly as you can. Right. Someone's gonna give you a, a price objection, flip it to value as quickly as you can, but understand that it's a deflection. When you say, I've gotta buy a dealer part, you're trying to blame the dealer for the, for the expensive repair, but Bill, like you say, once you say that to the customer, you're almost begging them to price shop you. Yep. Rick's making a, a really excellent point here is that whole comment by a customer to say, wow, that's expensive. What they're acknowledging is the price, the cost of the repair. They didn't say, I won't pay it. They're just making an acknowledgement. And most most shops and, and advisors, unfortunately, they immediately back up from that comment and say, oh, I'm too expensive. 
that's not what they said. No. They're simply acknowledging, and, and we don't know what their point of reference is. Is right. their point of reference? So maybe we're doing a transmission repair. Transmission repairs are expensive. Maybe we're doing head gaskets. Head gasket repairs are expensive. It really doesn't matter what it is. But if you think about it, in the, in the transmission world, a transmission repair is expensive. So if they make that statement and go, wow, that's really expensive, what are they, what's their point of reference? The last time they had a transmission rebuilt? Right. Well, we know that there's about somewhere between 7 to 11 years between transmissions, a customer needing a transmission rebuilt or, or repaired, right? So they're thinking about what they paid 10 years ago. That's their point of reference. Yes, it is expensive. But I think we have to get comfortable understanding that that is simply an acknowledgement. It is not a rejection. Correct. Absolutely. The last Town Hall Academy last week was on labor rates and raising our labor rates and, and not losing uh, car count. And I had Devin Kelly, David Johnson, and David Roman. And uh, David Johnson's hanging out with us here. And, you know, a lot of what they talked about was having confidence and a good value proposition. And, you know, I think the point is if you get a part, no matter where you buy it from, no matter where you buy it from, because you're making the strategic decision in your company as to where you're going to acquire the part to do the job to satisfy the customer. You throw it through a price matrix. Why should it matter? Absolutely. Well, it doesn't. The source absolutely doesn't matter. So what really matters is I make the decision of the parts we're going to use based on quality, performance, warranty. Those are all the things could I buy parts for less money? Yeah, I can, but they're probably gonna not going to meet the performance standard that I'm looking for in giving the customer a good job and the level of risk that I'm taking and the exposure that I have in the liability based on the parts I, I put on the cars, right? Or that I use in the, the repair maintenance process. That's the basis for who I, what parts I buy and who I determine I, I buy them from. How I sell them is simply a profit strategy. And that's, in most cases, a matrix that regardless of what I buy, I know what I paid for. it. It's going to go through a matrix and it will determine what we're going to sell it for. And that matrix allows me to do what I was talking about before. Have enough money, I pay all my bills, and I have money left over in net profit. That's what makes me successful. If I don't do that, I won't be successful. You know, what, what just blows my mind is I'll have a shop that'll buy a part from their primary vendor. And this is what I recommend. Don't say you're going to the dealer. Have a primary vendor and a secondary vendor. Hey, our primary vendor doesn't have that part. Our secondary vendor does. Use those, that terminology really easy, makes it go away. Here's the thing, though. I'll see somebody buy a part from World Pack Advance, Auto Zone, I mean, Napa, whoever, CarQuest, and it's $150 cost, and they put it through their system, and there's no thought to it whatsoever. They buy a part from a dealer for $150, and they absolutely start to freak out because, oh, I've got to do this. I can't be too much. I'm only going to get $30 on it, and et cetera, et cetera. Here's the thing I want you to do, please. When you get a vendor invoice in, put your hand over the name of the vendor and apply your matrix. It doesn't make a difference. 
if you're having a problem selling your repairs, it's because you either do not have the trust of the customer or you don't understand your value proposition. Both of those things are under your control. You can fix it. Right. And it goes back to what what Carm was saying about the confidence. You have to develop that confidence. You've got to understand what it is that we provide. People don't, first of all, nobody is coming to you because of what you charge to fix their car. They come to you because of what you do and the way you do it. They believe in you, they trust you, they've had good experience with you, or they know someone that's had a good experience with, and that's why they're there. They're not there because you're saving them money. They're there because what do you do? How do you do it? You know, and the thing is, I, I, a lot of times, if somebody's ever going to question our price, if, if you know, they go, well, I can buy that at the dealer. Yes, you can. But what you can't do is you can't find somebody to do it as good as we do it, as fast as we do it. Would you like us to get started? That cares as much as we do about it. Right. Exactly. And it's the whole thing. It's like Rick said earlier, you got to deflect that price thing. You got to move that conversation. If if they want to talk about price, get off of the price point and talk about the other stuff. Talk about what we do, how well we do it, how quickly we do it. Who cares more? Nobody cares more than we do. Right. What do I care about? I care about having your car repaired correctly and getting it back. I want it in your driveway, not my driveway. Right. And, and, and that's the whole thing is getting it so that we understand the value. If you're having a problem, if you're having a problem with dealer parts, you have a problem with labor. You have a problem where you're writing estimates and you're banging the labor down. You're, you're cutting things off. You're, you're like, oh, I can't charge that much. I can do this. And here's the thing. You think you're doing a great thing for your customer but it's like winking at a pretty girl in a dark room. Nobody knows but you because you're not even telling the customer you're giving them a break. You got to understand that this is all coming from fear. You've got to have confidence in your abilities. You got to have confidence in your people, confidence in the product that you're giving away, right? Oh, and Rick, Rick, you got to have confidence that it's okay to make money. Amen. Most of you that are listening today or listen later, you haven't, don't actually have a business. What you've done is created a paycheck and a really bad one. The, the Town Hall Academy from last week is still so fresh in my mind. And I think it was David Johnson last week that said, stop, become a businessman. And then while I was listening to you guys talk, I'm thinking, okay, um, you're, let's do the businessman test, like your hand test, Rick. You know, put the hand over the uh, who, who you bought it from. Let's do the businessman test. All of a sudden, we've transformed you from a technician who became a shop owner to a businessman. And now you have to prove to the businessman what kind of margin you're making on your parts. And you say, well, I'm only going to make 30 bucks on that 150 because I bought it at the dealer. And they will look at you and say, what? Right. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I'm the businessman here. I'm the one who owns this business. I have the investment. It's all my time. It's all my sweat. It's all my labor. It's all my investment. Are you telling me that I can, well, then don't buy anything from the dealer. Well, here's what, what that you'd never see a, a shop owner do this is when you're looking at their parts GP and it's not where it's supposed to be. And the excuse is that we bought a lot of parts from the dealer this week or this month or whatever the period of time is, it doesn't matter. What they don't do is they don't say, 
but I made up for that by doing this. And you know, and if you think about it, as technicians, what did we do as technicians? We fixed stuff. We solved problems. But when they're making this transition in a role from technician to shop owner to businessman is they lose all of that. They lose all of that ability to look at stuff and fix it and solve the problem. So if the problem is we're buying too many parts from the dealer, what are they doing somewhere else in the business to make up for the profit they missed? And so what we have to help them understand is quit missing the profit just because it's dealer parts and a lot of problems get fixed. Absolutely. Because here's the problem. There's too many people that believe in the profit fairy that at some point the profit fairy is going to sneak into their bedroom and slip some profit under their pillow in the middle of the night. And the problem with that is the profit fairy is out with the tooth fairy having a beer. So, you know, it, it never happens. Profit happens on an invoice by invoice basis. It's not something that magically appears at the end of the month. And uh, Clint White asked a great question of what about new customers who are price shopping? I want you to understand something, Clint. People are asking about price, but it's not a price issue. It's a trust issue. Because if the customer felt, if the shop did a great job with that customer, they would have gotten the job. In some way, they didn't connect with the customer. They didn't show how they were making their, uh, the customer's agenda their agenda. They weren't on the same page. They, they weren't there as an assistant buyer. The customer felt like they were being sold to. And that's why they're price shopping. Think about it. Their stress level is pretty high. And then they call one shop and it gets higher And because they just get a price. Nobody ever asks for an appointment. And then they go to the next shop and the next shop and the next shop. And each call, their, their stress level is going up. What you want to do instead is deal with the trust issue, right? And you can do that three questions. Number one, what makes you think you need? When someone calls you asking for a ball joint, what makes you think you need a ball joint, Mr. Customer? Oh, I had it at another shop. Second question, Mr. Customer, if you don't mind me asking, why didn't you have the other shop do the repair? Now, inevitably, they were going to come across and go, man, it just seemed like a lot of money. You're going to hear doubt in their voice. So now what we're going to say is, Mr. Customer, I hear what you're saying, but as I'm listening to you, it almost sounds like you're doubting the entire interaction. Mr. Customer, it sounds like to me you're looking for a second opinion. Would you agree? Three questions will do a lot better than ever getting you a customer with just a price. It's a trust issue. Well, Rick, when you ask those three, three questions, what it does is it helps you make sure you're getting the right customer to your store. Yes. There, there's no point in getting wrong customers to our stores. And there are some wrong customers. 20 and there are wrong customers. 20 to 30% out there are price shoppers 100% and they will, they will walk over your dead body to save a nickel. You will never build anything more than a transaction with a price shopper. 70 to 80% of the people out there are value shoppers, but you have to be able to show them the value. They're not going to sit back and try to figure it out. You got to be able to go up to them and say, Mr. Customer, I am so glad you're here. You're at the best place. Here's why we're the best place. Don't put other people down because that makes you look bad. Just tell them all the great stuff they're going to get from doing business with you, becoming part of your family, right? Welcome. Absolutely. To 
Hey, Carm here. Now think about your shop management system. Isn't it the center of your business? And most of us are running on systems that are decades old, and you know who you are. It's time to change and get the benefits that a modern system can bring to your business. Shopware Shop Management is a cloud-powered management system that gives your staff and your customers the end-to-end digital experience that they expect. With Shopware, you can see every job and view work updates in real time. And you can manage your shop from anywhere with any device. And that's becoming more important than ever. You'll see your customers interact with digital work orders and buy services from you more often with less effort. You can earn more parts profit with just the click of one button and with less paper too. You'll also get improved efficiency from your staff. Do this. Request a live tour of Shopware at shop-ware.com. Look, it's time to make the switch and get started making more money with a powerful modern business tool designed to solve your biggest challenges. A comment from my great friend, Bobby Bassett from Gates. He says, shops continue to take shortcuts, not doing the complete job to keep the cost down for fear the customer will go somewhere else. And we talked about that more in the podcast in the last month, Rick and Bill, I've continued to hear the word fear and confidence. You can't grow a business from a place of fear. It is not physically possible. When we are afraid, we withdraw. When we're afraid, we pull back, we constrict, we, we get smaller. You cannot grow a business from a place of fear. How do you replace that? By understanding the value. Maybe you need a coach. You know, Bill's a great coach. I think I'm a good coach. There's a lot of coaching options out there that can help you see your business from another perspective that will give you the confidence that will allow you to step up, chin up, shoulders back, chest out. And you know something? I am happy to explain my price to somebody. I would much rather explain my price once than to apologize for poor quality over a lifetime. Absolutely. End of story. And if they don't like my price, God bless them. I wish you well. If it doesn't work out, please let me know we're here to serve. But guess what? I don't walk away unprofitable. Well, here's the thing. And, and I think to, to Rick's point, there are some people that are price sensitive. There are some people that won't ever understand our value. But Rick made an important comment. He said, we are here to help. And I will help to the point of if, if when I realize that this is not a good fit, that this isn't going to be a good match, doing business with you is, is not going to be good for either one of us, I will recommend a competitor that does cheap work because I like to keep those competitors busy with non-profitable work. I uh, did a rant a while back and I said the words, fear makes you stupid. Fear doesn't make us stupid. Fear is normal. And here's the thing. We wait for fear to go away. Fear never goes away. You never conquer fear. You win battles with fear, but fear comes back in different shapes and different forms and is going to your entire business life. But what you need to understand is that brick wall that fear has placed in front of you. When you get close to it, you're going to recognize it's nothing but a thin little curtain, a veil. And everything you want for your business and for your life is on the other side of that fear. Well, the, the whole thing about being afraid, when you think about it, when you're having these conversations with shops that are afraid to charge more than the dealer list, right? 
what is it that they're really afraid of? Because I don't, because I don't think they're afraid of charging more than the dealer list. What is the ultimate thing that they're afraid of? They're afraid of the customer leaving. They're afraid if I charge more than that dealer list price, the customer will go somewhere else. But fear and builds on that, Bill. Fear absolutely. We start. We, listen. We start with the customer's going to leave, and then I'm not going to be able to make payroll, and then I'm not going to be able to pay my bills, and then my wife's going to leave me. My kids won't love me anymore, and I'm going to lose my business. And that's, that's where what it goes they should be afraid time. of. And that's what they should be afraid of. But what the wrong they should way. be the wrong way. Absolutely, they should be afraid of doing that job for the incorrect profit because of all those things I won't be able to do. Right. And, and one of the things that I see is it's, I can either take great care of my customers and really love them, or I can make a profit. And I'm here to tell you to take the word or cross it out and put and. Yes. You can love your customers and make a healthy profit for yourself and your business. You and, should be making money. You should be making, look, you should be taking a shareholder distribution out quarterly. How many of you are doing that beyond getting paid really well for what you do in the business. So few shop owners are doing it, and it's because we're afraid. Clint White says, so having properly trained service advisors is the number one answer for this dealer part issue. It's critical. They're, it is critical. It, you can have all the processes, and you can have all the strategies, and you can have all the goals, but if those people haven't been provided the training and don't have the tools that they need, it's not going to happen. But it needs more than just the training, Bill. We need to have direction from the shop owner. What's my mission? What's my purpose? What are my values? Where are we going? What's my value? What is the value the shop brings to the table? That has to come from the shop owner. Correct. That, that's got to be why you are in business. Absolutely. Because guess what? If I know what my, my, my destination is and I know why it's important, I'm all in, man, it makes it so much easier because sales doesn't feel sleazy then. And that's the problem. Too many times because we don't know how to sell properly, it feels dirty when we're trying to sell something. And that's a problem. I hate the word try. But when you walk out with confidence and you love your customer, you care about them, you want to help them, you have a solution that's going to fit perfectly, and you have a great value statement, a great benefit list that your customer is going to benefit from, now you're doing something, you're helping them, you're not selling to them. Correct. Bobby Bassett says, I love the passion of uh, Bill and Rick. I think it's Greg. My service writer asks the dealer, what our cost is and what is the list price? Uh, wrong. But Doesn't matter. I know. Doesn't he uses matter. the list as a reference. So my takeaway from today's episode is to forbid him from asking the list price anymore. Thank you, guys. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. <laughs> if you're going to have him ask for list price, have him call the service department and right. ask for the list price. You know, I do this. his eyes up. We do this all the time. This is not uncommon because somebody will say they can get it done for less at the dealer. And I'll say, really? How do you know that? And there's silence because they're assuming they would get it done for less at the dealer. And, I, and I'll do this. I'll say, give me the names of five dealers. Who do you compete with? The Toyota dealer, the Ford store, the GM dealer. I mean, give me the places that you think your customers would go to if they didn't go to you. And I would have, I will have my people call 
the dealers, service departments, and get the prices. Over 85% of the time, the price out the door that's being quoted on the phone, granted, they're not seeing the vehicle, and, and in fact, they're doing a really poor job of asking to get the vehicle, but the right. price that's getting quoted over the phone is more than what they would pay at the repair shop we, we deal with, the independent store. And so then you can have a really good conversation because you can say, hey, do you think the technician down at the dealership is any smarter than your technician? No, he's not any smarter. Well, do you think the parts they use are any better than your parts? Well, no, they can't be any. Most of the time we're using their parts, so I know the parts aren't any better. Then why do you think there's less value in having it done at your store? Better warranty, more accessibility, cares more, willing to go outside the norm to help a customer out. There's so many things you guys bring to the table. Right. But the point is this, the point is this, they are making emotional decisions. They're not making decisions with data and you have to make data driven decisions. If you don't have the data, no data or bad data is bad decisions. Boy, isn't that true? I mean, the businessman's data. Let's go back to that. Rick, I love where you were going. And, you know, it's uh, I, I kind of think that maybe we'll spend the next 10 minutes or less and, and, and hammer this thing home. And so I wrote down, damn it, use the price matrix. You know, that's what I wrote. And then my other major takeaway is that whole value prop. And you were just, you were just going there, Rick. You were just pounding value props. So let's, let's assume that we have recruited everyone in the industry to understand that dealer parts, parts purchased from dealers need to go through our matrix, case closed, done, period. And you will find your profitability to go up. So if that's the case and we have this confidence issue in making sure that that happens and we need to recruit the entire team, let's teach our listener here on how to build that value prop with everyone that's there and gain the confidence that they can sell this. Can I, can I just say one quick, I want to give a quick story. I think that'll feed into this. Car sure, if I sure. So we had this re, uh, a regular customer come in and he dry, his vehicle was towed in. It was a three-hour tow. They towed it from the western part of Massachusetts back to our shop. What does that tell you about the loyalty of the customer, right? So we get it in. Frank Tremontosi. I can't remember if it was an Explorer or a Jeep Grand Cherokee, but it was one of those. We bring it in. He says it was leaking antifreeze. We bring it in. It wasn't leaking antifreeze. The water pump let go and went through, the fan went through the radiator, okay? So we open up the hood and we think, yes, man, we got a great job sitting here. Well... Uh, 16 months ago, we replaced the water pump and it was still under our 24 month warranty. Okay. So we called Frank up. We did some testing, made sure the engine wasn't damaged. And Frank was in a rental car and we called him up and said, Hey, the water pump failed. We're going to replace the water pump. And he says, well, and I said, we got to replace the fan and the radiator. He goes, well, what do I owe you for that stuff? Cause a lot of warranties only cover parts that are, that were installed. I said, no, no, no. If our water pump had stayed in one piece, the fan and the water the radiator would still be good. So we're going to cover those for you. So we did that. And it took a couple of days to get the fan. We put it all back together. And I said to, I said to Frank, I said, listen, I want to get a copy of your tow bill and a copy of the rental. Okay. So it was a $1,200 retail repair at the time. And then when he gave me the two invoices, I opened my checkbook up and wrote him a check for the rental and the tow. Okay. It was probably a $700 check. 
And when I tell that story, shop owners go, holy crap, how can you afford to do that? (laughs) 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 And it would be because I charged the profit. I had a profit model and I ran that profit model and I had money in the bank set aside for just that issue. And people are like, oh my God, I could never do that. And I'm like, no, 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 you don't understand. I swear to God, Frank was stopping people as he walked down the street for the next week because I got 10 new customers from him that week. Okay. When you charge enough, you can take amazing care of your customers and you don't have to freak out. It's an amazing concept, but part of it is getting to understand the value you bring to the table. And you don't have to be the same as anybody else. In fact, there isn't, Bill, I hope you'll you'll agree with me, there's no two shops exactly the same. That's right. Every, Every one of us has a different spin, a different, uh, different. you've got one guy that's a BMW guy that is so precise about everything he does, and that's his selling point. you got another guy, man, we just love the community, and we're really into the community. That's your selling point. There's so much difference. You don't have to be the same. Maybe you're open seven days a week. That's a sell. That's a benefit. Maybe you're open longer hours. That's a benefit. Maybe you're going to give. Well, one of the things I did was every customer got my cell phone number. And to, to this day, people still look at me and go, you're absolutely soft. Guess what? I've been coaching now for, holy crap, 17 years. And every one of my emails has my cell phone number. I believe that I've got to be available when you need me, not when I need you. Access. And I think that concept is a huge thing. Accessibility is a huge thing. Washing the vehicles. I mean, there's so many different things. Bill, chime in. Well, there, there's certainly all of that. But, I mean, I just boil it down to, look, you might find somebody to do it for less. You'll never find somebody to do it better or faster. That's what, I, that's what we built the business on. We built the business on we were better and we were faster. And I don't care who you compared us to. And then, yes, I can go into the whole litany of, right, we, we offer loaner cars. We have shuttle rides. We, you know, have Wi-Fi. We have, you know, we were pet friendly. Well, you got to so – how – do you not be pet friendly today? You know, you come in and we have, we know the dog's names and we have dog treats and, you know, all that kind of, but I think to Rick's point is find out what it is for you. Don't try to be the other guy. No. And to that point is why are you trying to be the dealer? If people wanted their cars fixed at the dealer, they would have already been in the dealer service space. Uh, David Johnson last week said something so interesting about dealer parts. He says, listen, if the water pump that was on that Chevy lasted 15 years and I, and, and I buy another one and say I buy it at the dealer, for example, it'll last another 15 years. So why am I not giving a five-year warranty? I mean, that was. I, a, I a, agree and, completely. And there's a value at, and he's got a great program on batteries. David, I can't quite remember if you could put it in the, in the Zoom chat. Was it? Was it lifetime or was it was it a five? No, I think it was lifetime they, battery. They never bought another battery, if I remember right. What David was talking about was they never bought another battery. So he didn't worry about 
battery warranties or prorating warranties. Never it was worry just about like, it. Your car doesn't start. Here's the battery. That's right. Your car starts. You bring it back. We constantly test it. You get a new one. He has a fee up front to install it. He says that's a little larger than, than normal. And then if every four years he puts a new battery in and say it costs him 100 bucks divided by four years, it's 25 bucks a year for marketing to continue to have retention on that customer. Hello? But he can do that because he's selling his parts correctly. He can do that because there's a profit strategy behind that business that says, this is how we're going to give every customer an exceptional experience. You won't get that at Kmart. You won't get that at Costco. You you sure as hell never get that at a car dealership. There's a few car dealerships, but they're few and far between. Very few. And you know something, if you ever want to talk about value, I want to write down the, Carmen, I know you take notes. John Ruskin, R-U-S-K-I-N. Do a Google search on him in quotes. John Ruskin quotes. And he's from turn of the century. And he has got so such great quotes. I actually had two of them up in my office in 1995. They are such great quotes. Do a search on them. Um, you know, somebody, if you're going to spend less, you should set aside more because... Uh, the, when you spend less, you should expect less and it's not going to work, that kind of thing. Um, and one of the things I really love is when you're going into this is I tell people all the time, I can't afford cheap. Right. I don't make enough money to buy cheap stuff because I don't want to pay for it again. I would rather pay a little bit more and make sure I get a great product over trying to save a couple of bucks and having to do it over and over again right? Don't walk away. Don't shrink away. When someone says that's a lot of money, yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. It certainly is. And boy, am I glad you're here. Yes. Here's why. Hey guys, this was great. What a way to kick off January 2020, but having such a, a lively interview with both of you guys talking about, you know, pricing profits on OEs, but on OE parts purchased, but I think you nailed a fabulous strategy and, and a businessman's discipline on margins. Uh, what else can we uh, give you each a chance to have a final word? Bill, I'll give it to you first. I think that part of all of what we talked about today comes from understanding what's going on in the world we try to live in and we try to do business in. And I had something happen to me today that, that I'd never seen before, and, and maybe I just haven't been paying attention. But I've got a major news network feed that I get in the morning that kind of gives me my news for the day, right? Believe it or not, today, here's an ad that came up from in, in this news feed that said, OE Parts as much as 35% off the list price delivered anywhere. So now this is something new we're going to have to deal with because this is, if I saw it, a lot of people saw it. That's something new that we're going to have to be aware of. And and I'm not saying, wow, that means everybody's walking in wanting 35% off. This to me just substantiates why we're going to have to work harder and be better at presenting our value Yeah, it goes back to the transparent pricing thing. In fact, I'm moderating a panel at Napa Expo 2020 on that. 
And I'm excited about that. And there's a lot of people signing up for it because we have to learn how to deal with that. And and, and trust me, you guys would have the perfect strategy, the businessmen's mentality, the value proposition that gets by all of this stuff. Yet, our younger generations have access. They, they, they're questioning things. And we just have to give them a place to come to where they, they, they're getting... Uh, you know, w- let's go back to uh, the the environment, um, the perks, and all the stuff that equates to whatever it is that they're paying, and they walk away feeling good about. Uh, interesting. Thanks for for bringing that up, Bill. It's new. It's different. Be ready for it. Make sure that you understand what you're going to do in your business to overcome those kinds of things being presented to you. A wise old mentor of mine, and I won't say old, but at the time that that you know I, he was really mentoring me, uh, he, he had a little more gray hair than I do, but he always told me a couple of a, a very wise statement. He says, "Calm, pay attention." That were those were one of his wisest words he could ever give me. I say, you know, what about this and that? He goes, "Well, he tell me his particular take because I go to the well, mentoring you go to the well, and you ask, and then he'd say." Pay attention. I think you are, but keep paying attention. Rick, I'll give you the last word. Okay, so bottom line, this all starts with a profit model, right? Understanding what you want and need for net profit and then backing into a gross profit model that works. Now, ultimately, do I think there's a lot of things coming to us on the horizon? I do. I think that as the transparency gets clearer and clearer, I think we're going to be shifting our profit models so that maybe like the construction industry, we're only doing, we're going to be doing stuff at cost or 10 over cost. Uh, we're still going to source the parts for quality purposes and, and counterfeit parts and all that. But I think eventually it's not going to change the price of the repairs. It's just, you're going to be charging all your gross profit and labor someday. And I'm okay with that because ultimately you're a businessman. It doesn't matter. What I want you to recommend, remember for me to, for just this, for two things for this, for this, uh, for this time together is number one, you don't sell parts. You don't sell labor. You sell solutions. You sell fixed cars. You sell dependability, reliability, safety, peace of mind. Those are the things you sell. Okay. That's the first thing I want you to remember. And the second thing I can't think of right now, the second thing I want you to be aware of is you've got to have confidence That confidence is going to come from understanding the value you bring to the table. And I want you to understand that you can love your customers, make a profit, but you've got to be the CEO of your business. That's what Bob Greenwood, our our friend, says many, many times. You can't manage a shot from a creeper. You can't lead it from the front counter. You have to be the CEO of your business. So please get on board. Start to create a business that serves you, the business that you deserve. Wow. It's like a homily, guys. Thank you. <laughs> you've, gone to, uh, you've gone to Margins uh, Church here uh, today. <laughs> Thanks so much to Bill Haas from Haas Performance Consulting and Rick White 180Biz. I appreciate your, your friendship and all the great advice today. Appreciate you, you both very much. Thank you so much. Bye, guys. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thanks for being on board to listen and learn from the premier automotive aftermarket podcast. Until next time...